Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. The race is on, and Williams has at least won its first race of the season, as not only is its car ready for testing unlike last year, but it has also completed a promotional day by way of a shakedown in Barcelona. But is the new FW43 really the car to turn around the team's fortunes? I'm Ed Straw, and joining me today to answer that question is Glenn Freeman, with Gary Anderson also joining us later on to tell us what's caught his eye about the new car. Glenn, it's a sign of how far Williams has fallen and how deep in the wilderness this team is that now we're talking about whether a team can even get above 10th place in the constructors it's it's absolutely amazing it's full isn't it yeah I'm not sure if we really are talking about if they can get above 10th I think everyone's expecting them to be 10th the the sad thing for me is that you know we it was almost a, a cause for celebration even amongst those of us who have are slightly more detached from Williams but still have a soft spot for them it was an achievement that the car was running a couple of days before testing. And that in itself is a bit sad for me because plenty of other teams are doing that. Um, and it just, we, we're now benchmarking Williams against how bad they were last year. And that goes for pre-season where the car didn't run until, you know, testing was well underway. And I think it'll be the same on track as well, where they're going to be at the back, but it's almost going to be just considered a success if they're slightly closer to the rest of the field than they were last year. Well, it is a question of, of how far they'd fallen. As you said, the, the car, it was just a bit of a shambles last year. The car wasn't ready until, uh, I think it was the third day of testing it. It finally ran all sorts of trouble there. And, you know, this question about whether it can get in amongst the midfield, even just to get with the midfield compared to last year, is a big step. Because they were, on, on average outright pace, they were 2% behind the ninth fastest team on average. That's all, that's a bigger gap between ninth and 10th than between third and fourth. And we talk about third and fourth as a, as a chasm. And that gap was about 1%. Between Williams and ninth place was, was 2% in terms of, uh, of of relative pace. So that tells you just how far this team has to go. We knew that the new car wasn't going to be a revolution. We knew it was it was kind of a follow-on from, from last year's car. Although I have to admit, it's a little bit disappointing not to see a little bit of a bigger step for Williams. And I think maybe that tells us something about where that team is and where its real focus is at the moment. Would you think real focus is in further down the line or real focus just as in they're still trying to just correct all the mistakes of last year? Because obviously we mentioned that the car was late arriving last year. It also had parts that were basically illegal on it. They had to change the mirrors. They had to change the suspension. So that was that was more time lost before the season had even started where there was no thinking about performance. It was just get the car running, playing catch up on mileage and then having to play catch-up just to put legal bits on it. Ultimately, it needs to be kind of a, a normal season in terms of just things working and cars being made and not massive upheaval and not being miles behind. But I think realistically, it, this season was always going to be a, a bad season, whatever happened, from the moment that the, the die was cast on last year's car, shall we say. So this was probably decisions taken in, in 2018 that, that, that led to this. So I think probably Williams has had to take a very pragmatic approach. They've talked about the car 
fixing some of the fundamental problems of its predecessor that was overweight there's some fundamental mechanical problems obviously aero wise it was deficient in downforce because downforce is still king as far as performance is concerned but i think probably for a team in williams position which after all it's uh, kind of what i call a purely commercial team and that they can't just have shareholder investment to make it work it's really the only team on the grid that's operating in, in that way at, at the moment they don't have money to burn and with 2021 coming up it almost feels like they've had to say right well we'll make the best of it with an evolution of last year's car we'll fix some of the bigger problems we'll try and get the best bang for our buck in terms of what we do but we're accepting this season's going to be very very difficult but 2021 cannot be as bad we know we've talked about how you can't really write off seasons and I don't think Williams is quite going that far but it feels to me that they know 2020 has to be a year of treading water because even if they'd taken a massive step forward with the car they'd still probably be at best you know kind of fighting for eighth or ninth which isn't actually that big a difference in terms of the prize money it's really an interesting point actually we've spoken a lot over this winter and all the teams have had to answer several questions about oh when do you switch focus to 2021 and a lot of them have said we haven't really got that opportunity i think i can't remember which team was it Ed, that said that basically it's uh, there are two world championships that are going to be going on at the same time. It might have been Mercedes, actually, that said that. Yeah, I think Toto Wolf said it at the uh, the, the, the partnership launch for yeah. uh, Ineos, the new sponsor. Yeah, uh, which, of course, you were at. Um, but actually, if there's any team that is in a position to pretty much write off this year, it is Williams, because that step you've talked about, that 2% jump, nobody makes a jump like that in one season. So it's very unlikely that they can create the kind of step change that would be needed and and from the looks of the car as you've said and as I'm sure you will discuss shortly with Gary Anderson it doesn't look like they've tried to make a step change it almost looks like they've just tried to give themselves the car they should have had last year so if they're going to be at the back anyway they are the team with the least uh, to worry about this year I think because they know they're going to be at the back anyway the big question is is Williams a team now capable even if it piles all of its resource into 2021 of actually having a result to show us next year for that, because, you know, they're not, they're not a huge Grand Prix team. You've talked about the financial situation. So I'm almost concerned about that as well. It's like, I think it'd be great if they did make a massive step in 21, but from what we've seen of Williams in recent years, I'm still a little bit concerned about if they could actually execute that. Historically, they've done really well. People want to, want to see as many teams out there as possible, and Williams would be a great name to have there. I think the important thing is that within the context of 21 maybe being the greater focus, what has to happen this year is the things they've changed with the FW43 need to work. It needs to establish there's clear correlation between the wind tunnel and CFD and all the other simulation tools they've got at their Grove factory, that everything adds up and everything makes sense, that they understand what's working and why, and if things don't work, that they can understand why because that's that's what i like to call the underlying science of it while the the cars will change dramatically next year your methodologies your working practices the assumptions the maths everything you build it on is still the same thing so you're you're kind of using the same toolkit even if all the bits and pieces that you're making are, are totally different so that that's where the connection is so that makes this year a Again, like last year was, it's kind of a test bed uh, for that. So that's what Williams will talk will be looking for. And in fact, they did talk about wanting to make sure their development rate through the year is as as expected. It was all about kind of managing those expectations, but not just uh, well, we can just ignore this year and do whatever the hell we want. It's got to all fit together and make sense. And all those things they've changed in the factory and the processes and the way of working all do add up for them to have a chance in twenty one of of really acing it 
And of course, last time there was a big rule change, Williams did take a big step forward, leapt up to third in the championship in 2014, and they were genuinely strong, although that was heavily derived from the Mercedes engine package advantage. And over the ensuing years, the kind of aero weakness did uh, did come back to bite them. But uh, yeah, that's, that's, what, that's the real battle for Williams this year. And I think if we can see them, you know, they can't be 2% off the back of the pack this year that would be a catastrophe but if they can kind of be a credible last <laughs> which i know sounds a bit like what a strange thing it's to an say oxymoron, isn't it? but if they can be a credible last and everything kind of makes sense and adds up they'll probably say well this doesn't mean much fun but you know we will we will take that it's probably time we should hear from gary anderson so we'll take a quick break and then we'll hear his analysis of the fw 43 Well, welcome back and welcome also to Gary Anderson to run the rule over the Williams FW43. Williams, Gary, is coming off the back of two of its worst seasons as a constructor. How difficult is it to recover from that kind of difficult period? Yeah, Williams have had two very bad seasons, to be honest. 2019 was even worse than 2018. Um, and it's very difficult to recover. You, you really have to dig deep, to be honest. You have to work out the reasons why it didn't happen. You know, you can take one bad year because you, you know, made a few mistakes on the concept of the car, but two in a row is very tough. And it's, it's just, uh, you just need to make sure that you dig deep enough within the company to see why it happened. And you hope from that you can eliminate the chances of it happening again. You suggested in your written article on the race.com that the car looks maybe a generation or two behind in terms of concept does that show just how much williams has to gain yeah williams have got a lot to gain you know that's okay to say that i mean they're a long way behind so it's just one of those sort of situations where they've got to be um, really aggressive to do that you have to show that you now understand what makes the car go quick so you need to be putting those bits in place uh, to get it there to sh- to show and to give the confidence to the company that actually the technical group does know what makes the car you know makes the car perform um, because if you don't do that, if you just go slide along quite happily, um, you never really have confidence in motivating anybody to try to make that step forward. What do you make of the front wing and nose design of the launch car? Yeah, if you take the nose design itself, it's an example of what I'm saying. Um, you know, they've taken the easy route. It's the, the widest, basically, of anybody. Um, it's with the front bulkhead of the car that you have to have by the minimum requirement. And basically the sides of it just come down parallel. So they haven't tried to sort of squeeze that area in to try to get more airflow underneath the front of the car. I mean, it will make the uh, the crash test more difficult, but it's just one of those sort of situations where nobody said Formula 1 was easy. Um, the wing itself, um, it could be an experimental wing, and they, you know, they might bring another one out. Um, but I never like something where you've got that split uh, angle adjustment because... At some point, it works very, very well, but it doesn't work across the range of uh, the downforce levels that you need from Monaco to Monza. So you need to be very careful of that because it can induce other problems further downstream. There are some small front suspension changes, but what do you make of this area? Front end, um, they've changed the wishbones um, a little bit. Uh, the top wishbone is now a bit slimmer than what it was last year, but it's also mounted a little bit lower, as far as I can see, mounted a little bit lower into the chassis. Um, you know, they talk about the weight of the car being too heavy, so maybe that's part of that. It's also maybe just a little geometry thing. They may have brought the whole wishbone down a bit so they don't have as much overhang on the front upright. All these bits, all these niceties of moving stuff around like that, um, on their old car, for example, meant that, you know, you have to add weight somewhere. 
So at the end of the day, maybe they just take that uh, conscious decision that it's better to be less extreme on stuff like that and, and save the weight, um, which is probably right. But, uh, you know, it's no big it's no big deal, to be honest. We just need to be careful that you don't sort of just do too little, I suppose. The side pod packaging and the rear end has changed a little. Does that meet your approval? The side pod packaging, it's always a difficult thing. Most most teams have now gone for this um, let's call it sort of minimum exit area that you can get. And they've achieved that by squeezing the gearbox and the rear suspension into a smaller space, um, as opposed to bringing the bodywork out. Um, I don't like bodywork that basically sweeps out at the rear because at the end of the day, you're doing that to try and pull the airflow through inside the bodywork, the, the cooling airflow a bit uh, a bit more, create more of a low pressure area behind that. But you're also hurting the airflow between that bodywork and the rear tyre, which is very vitally important for the rear wing and the diffuser. So although it's a bit of an easy way to do it, um, and it's a cheaper way to do it, I'm, I'm sure the Williams rear suspension, the whole rear end, is is probably the same as last year. So they haven't been able to do it, um, but at the end of the day, you know, they've had to make some decisions, and I'm sure most a lot of those decisions were financial. So what's the verdict? Is there any hope of Williams improving on last year's place this year? My verdict, the car is, um, I really do hope they move forward a bit. But when you consider that, you know, the ninth fastest team was two point three percent, I think it was, off Mercedes, um, who obviously are leading the bunch, but Williams was another two percent behind that, so. The uh, the job they have to do is huge. Um, the job they have to do to catch the team in front of them is, is huge, but the job they have to do to try to get up there to that potentially fourth place in the championship is absolutely massive. So I don't think that will be in, on the cards for this year unless they found some real fundamental mistakes in last year's car. But, you know, again, you have to you have to build, you have to learn. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll see how they develop during the year. I think stepping forward slowly as the season progresses would be good for giving the team confidence that they know the direction to go in and i think that's all we can expect of them great stuff as always there from gary and glenn not that positive from gary and it is quite rare because when you have a car that launches they all look give or take relatively similar and it's quite difficult to look at a car and be confident in saying, yeah, that's going to fly or that's going to be terrible. Yeah, it is quite rare. You get that that pointer. But looking at the Williams, you can see where he's coming from, even even if you didn't have the faintest idea how a Grand Prix car works and what it was meant to look like. You can see just by comparing it to the rest that it's just not quite in the same ballpark. No, this has been a really interesting launch season, actually, because I think we were expecting a lot of the designs to be you know mild evolutions of what we've seen before we're in the final year of a rules package so you don't expect anyone to reinvent the wheel but i think we've now got an indication of just how aggressive these teams are with their with their developments and you know we've heard from so many teams like at the front and in the midfield that what they wanted to do with this year's car was they'd reached a point where they'd worked out what they couldn't do with their 2019 cars and they've gone right we need to change this this and this and then we open up a whole new window of performance with our 2020 cars. So I've actually been pleasantly surprised throughout launch season with how many differences we have seen. And there'll be a load more when you and Gary in particular are in the pit lane in Barcelona in a couple of days' time. And a load of the bits that didn't make it onto the launch cars get there. So maybe there are some you know, uh, launch spec bits on the Williams at the moment. But like you say, and as Gary explained there, it does feel a bit like this is a car now that is is a few steps behind and just looks more basic. And you and I were talking before we recorded this 
one of the bits that seems most obviously different on the Williams is the, is the side pod packaging. But there's two things there. One is that everybody has gone super, super aggressive with their packaging this year and with how they're slimming down the side pods. So the Williams doesn't look that advanced there anyway. And any gains they are making have come from Mercedes, who would have told them, right, these are your calling limitations and the requirements. Uh, and you just sort of shrink wrap to what they tell you. So it, all the other bits of the car are more what you could say a bit Williams are responsible for. And there doesn't seem to be anything remarkable there. Yeah, uh, it's it's just not a, a huge step forward. Is it? I think that probably reflects how many serious problems they had last year that they just needed. So it's not just a question of finding those places in the car where you were limited. Now, McLaren, for example, described some of the kind of fundamental geometry elements of the front of the car that limited them. And they wanted to unlock that whole extra layer of theoretical performance to exploit. Whereas I feel like Williams... It's not even so much looking for that. It's looking just to fix these these huge limitations that they didn't need to have. It's not about going to the next level. It's about getting to to kind of base camp, as it were, for this uh, this phase of regulation. So I think it's going to be a hard season for them. But on the plus side, the race team operated very well last year. Excellent on pit stops. You know, a, a very strong race team can't do anything about a car that's that slow. We've got George Russell, who we know is a, a very very good driver, and will be looking to kick on this year. Nicholas Latifi, you know, a very capable, rounded driver coming up out of f2 as his as his teammates so there's there's some positive stories there for for Williams I guess they'll just hope that they can go into races on Sunday feeling like they've at least got half a chance of having a race rather than just driving about that's probably the the thing they need to at least give them a little bit of interest on Sunday to think that oh if we ace this race we'll be actually up the order rather than if we ace this race we'll be 35 seconds behind rather than 50 seconds behind yeah, it's kind of getting back to perhaps where they were in 2018, where they, they'd slid to the back, but they were still in amongst it a little bit. And you look at uh, you know, a weekend perhaps like George Russell had in Hungary last year, where he was able to trouble the, the back end of the midfield. And, and if they can get into that situation, then that gives Russell the chance to shine a bit more. Because you know he was only being judged really last year against Robert Kubica, who we know as remarkable as that comeback was for Kubica, he he came back not the same man he was before, arguably, well, you know, fundamentally limited as a Grand Prix driver now. So Russell didn't have a great benchmark. You would expect Russell to stay ahead of Latifi. So the only way we can really judge what he's up to will be if he's got a car that can allow him to sort of hook his claws into the back of whoever's whoever are the stragglers in the midfield. And I think that would be good for, for Russell as well, because if he's if he's just trying to finish first in a two-car race at the back of the field, you know, that's that's a big ask motivation-wise to do that for a second-year running. Whereas if he's always got that carrot dangling in front of him of, you know, Alfa Romeos or Haas cars or, you know, whatever on a Sunday afternoon, he'll have something else to fight for. So I think it could be quite important for his development as well. And I'd imagine Mercedes will be keeping a, a watching eye on that because there will come a point where there's only so much you can learn at the very back of the field. So... Yeah, it could be an interesting year for Russell, and I hope for his sake that he's got a bit more to play with on Sunday afternoons, as you say. It should certainly be better than last year. I think that's absolutely clear that, you know, it's not the same car as last year. It's just not it's not different enough, shall we say, to to be a gigantic leap forward. But yeah, you want you want to be in a position where the drivers think, Oh, if I find an extra tenth and a half in qualifying and absolutely nail it, that's gonna make a difference rather than looking around and thinking, well, if I find an extra 1.4 seconds, I might actually be able to do something because that just that's not there to be found. Physics does not uh, allow it. But yeah, I think it's going to be a long, hard season for Williams, but I think we just all hope that 
things can be better in 2021 and this is a this is a lead into another should we say mini revival to at least make it a, a mid-pack team uh, well, thanks very much glenn freeman for your inputs obviously the williams is the i think it's the eighth car we've uh, we've looked at in depth in this uh, series of podcasts testing of course starts on on wednesday head to the race.com that's the hyphen race.com for loads of stuff to read about f1 launch season also do check out our youtube channel we've got various videos on there on the latest cars analyzing them as well we'll be back very soon with a look ahead to testing and discussion of the final few cars to break cover